You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Hello, boys and girls. Let me tell you a terrifying story that all began 100 years ago this week in Wales. Not a classic statement to start off a podcast you'd like people to listen to further, but a statement nonetheless. Don't worry, I have a plan. A plan to entertain you with tales about small fishing villages and the people that live there. You think I'm kidding? Well, I promise to make this a much more exciting show than what I've sat through for the past week. And that, of course, includes the New York Jets. Another eclectic week for your old pal Dave Juskow in this unbelievable city where anything and everything can happen in a beautiful football week in the fall. It's about football. It's about poetry. It's about devils and demons and goblins. You think Halloween is scary? Wait until I tell you the not-to-be-believed tales I've been through this weekend instead of football. What kind of show has this become? It's supposed to be all about football and television, and it is, of course, but in the strangest, spookiest way anyone has ever told the tale. How can one middle-aged man do so much in just one week's time? That is the age-old question. Tonight, today, or this morning, whenever you listen, be prepared to be bewildered and bewitched by how one man and his Mexican sidekick will tell many tales, one more different than the next, in a hodgepodge of ridiculousness, tonight on a show that's still called The Spread with Dave Juskow. everybody and welcome to week nine of the spread in the football season and a lovely last week of October fall season in beautiful New York City. This is probably the best time of the year because then after this it just gets gross and cold and rainy and snowy and just kind of uh, I really just don't want to live here. But that's the story and uh, it's a good one and I'm sticking to it. Now today I have a uh, new guest that we've never had before, but he is a very close friend for many years and a lovely person, and uh, maybe he's familiar with this song. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've heard this before. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Devo, I think, right? No. She was uh, a talented girl. The talking head? No, it's uh, uh, Dave Juskow pretending to be Rick Ocasek <laughs> doing the cars. Yeah, I've heard this. Oh, does it ring a bell? Yeah, a little bit. It's kind of a classic. Did you think it was a car song? I did at first. Um, yeah. No, it's me, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Uh, my friend Memo Salazar, or Guillermo Salazar, the famous director, is sitting with me today as my guest. Hello, Memo. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, very happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here. And Memo and I worked on a uh, movie many moons ago. Yeah, whatever happened to that movie? It's, it's coming out. It's coming out. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> it was um, a movie based on the band The Cars. It's a, uh, what we call it, a mockumentary. Yeah. 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 And I played uh, Rick Ocasek. You did. A, and a, I, a fatter Rick Ocasek. Well, I got fatter as the movie went over. Now, that was an accident. I mean, as the movie continued, I got fatter, but which was hilarious, but that wasn't the plan. Shorter Rick Ocasek, too. Well, I was wearing some platform shoes (laughs) once in a while to keep track, but the movie is uh, a classic. It is. uh, (laughs) I'm in it. Uh, David Tell is in it. John Benjamin. John Benjamin from uh, Archer and uh, Bob's Burgers. Rachel Feinstein. Rachel Feinstein. I can't think of anyone else. (laughs) Oh, no, uh, Tom Shalhoub. Oh, yes, the legendary Tom Shalhoub, who you've probably heard of before. He's a legendary comic here. And um, he played Andy Warhol. Yes, he did. And that was funny. That was a good scene. He was good, except for that one day when he had the temper tantrum. <laughs> Otherwise, but you can't blame him. I think he had just had a kid, and he was just really angry. It's true. With the world, right? It's Don't true. you think? I, I, I agree. Anyway, so Memo's with us today just to, uh, you know, talk and hang out and bounce some ideas. Have you, you bought some guests? I uh, did. Uh, one, two, three, four. And what are their names? Uh, oh, well, we have uh, Josh. Right. With about a six-pack. He got the six-pack. Yeah. Six-pack of beer, not abs. So he's going to really enjoy this show. <laughs> uh, Derek, who's got one beer in his hand. Derek, who's in our football pool. That's right. As he, is uh, Memo. That's right. Uh, he's doing much better yeah, he's than doing, I am. Yes. I'm, Everybody's doing better than you. Oh, even God. Me. <laughs> no, I'm, better, I'm doing better than Chow Yun Schwartz. Oh, That's excellent. That's my one guy. Oh, well done. <laughs> um, Erica, right. who's bringing the laughs. <laughs> and she also brought Pega, who, um, if you can make her laugh once, I think you've 
done a really good job. So. All right. I'll, <laughs> so. The challenge has been she's, set. She's a tough cookie. Why yeah. is your name Pega? <laughs> I don't know. They just couldn't decide between Peg, Peggy, and Pegasus. It's because I'm ethnic. Well, yes. I mean, I was going to say that, but I mean, obviously you're ethnic of some sort. What What is your ethnicity? I mean. Well, I don't know because you, me, and Mem are all ethnic. Yeah, you know, like um, these are, like, uh, all look white. I think you white. guys are supposed to be enemies. Oh, are you Palestinian or? Are you no, I'm asking you. Are you? I'm not Palestinian. Well, no, I don't know. We're supposed to be enemies. Are you Iranian or something? <laughs> well, then aren't we enemies? All of us enemies with you or? <laughs> yeah, I dated an Iranian girl. She was half French, half Iranian, but um, Pegasus yeah, was French. very angry. But uh, then again, I was not. That's really horrible. <laughs> What? No, no, no. That was my French accent. <laughs> I didn't say I could do it. I was just trying it. She was half French, <coughs> half Iranian. It's true. Um, you remember that girl? No. She was crazy. I think that's before my time. Yeah. Well, you seem okay. <laughs> Did she kill herself? No, 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 no. That's, <laughs> okay. that's the one girl who, friend who has not killed herself yet. All right, Three of my good. girlfriends have committed suicide, but... Uh, that is yeah, it's, Thank it's, uh, you. it's pretty good odds. Yeah, there was a fourth that was going that direction, but um, I think she just passed away on her own. I don't think it was suicide. You know, it's just, uh, That's what the police report says. Right, right. And, uh, you know, nobody's actually questioned me just that <laughs> one time, but most of them really want to do it. And they send me stuff before they do it, and it's all delightful. You know, some are tragic. Yeah, I know it doesn't. It's nothing to... We're not, I don't think we're going to get Peg to laugh on that one. I'm not <laughs> no, sure. I jumped out the window. I'm not positive. Anyway, this is our uh, show, and uh, you know, tonight <coughs> when we're taping our show, which is on Wednesdays, we tape it on Wednesdays, the Game 7 of the World Series is tonight. Are you have money on that one? I don't have money. I'm uh, trying not to bet on baseball. Oh, yes. just football. But I would have, you know, uh, James Mad Dog, he doesn't go by that name anymore, it was the podcast before us, he um, was in Vegas, said he wished he had put money on the Kansas City Royals, who I do think will win tonight, but they do have a problem with this one pitcher from San Francisco. I know you haven't been following it, but don't worry, neither has anyone else. <laughs> Even though when the second half of the show we always talk about ratings and television, the World Series has been a disaster ratings-wise, yet it is like two, three, and four in the ratings this week, oh. but it's getting very low numbers. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody cares. And yet San Francisco's in it, which is a big, pretty big market. It's true. But nobody cares about Kansas City, even though it is a great story, but nobody's watching. That's too bad. But they have this one... Kansas City won every game up until the World Series. They never lost a game. Right. And then they came across this one picture, Madison Bumgardner. That's his name. <laughs> the guy like that you know is going to try and pitch well to make up for his name. Both names I'm talking about. You know, the first name and the last name. Madison? Madison and Bumgardner. Okay. Um, and they can't get past him. I see. And uh, they've, they've lost to him twice. And tonight, because it's game seven... They might bring him out again Just to pitch to, on two days rest because they want to win the game. I see. So we might all go and watch that later, which could be quite exciting. Uh, yeah, that sounds exciting. Anyway, Memo, you sound so thrilled about it that yeah. I, I, I don't even know how to handle <laughs> that it. That sounds exciting. All right, I got to tell you about my weekend. Now, first of all, the reason, because it's Halloween, I, made a mention, I went to the Devils game on Friday. Um, I go to the Devils game a lot. I'm a big fan. It's a hockey team, by the way, ladies. <coughs> you do know? You knew? I know all about She knows. She knows stuff. How come you know? Not sports, but I know a little bit about hockey. She, she's from Jersey. Or your dad's in Jersey. Oh, you're a Jersey girl. She's half Jersey. I like that. Half Jersey. Girl. Where are you from? I'm really from Pennsylvania, but my family's from West Orange. You got an excuse for everything, don't you? Yeah, but she knows. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So I like. I'm a Rangers fan. You not, or you are? I am. Oh, you're a Rangers fan. Well, I'm a Devils fan, and uh, I was at the game when the Rangers beat the Devils, and it was quite. Uh, not fun. No, but Erica was happy. Right. That's all right. So is the rest of the world. <laughs> Believe me, it's very difficult going around with my devil's hats and shirts. And What does this have to do with Halloween? Of, you know, they're called the devils. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I got on that. Um, but I went to the game. They, they are 0-18 in shootouts, stemming from last season. When huh. after overtime in hockey, uh, they go to a shootout right. nowadays. You know, it's like soccer. They're 0-18. They have not won a shootout in like a year and a half. That's too Not bad, good. I guess. Yeah, it's really a great story. But anyway, let me continue <laughs> about this weekend and football. Now, the first half of our show is usually football-oriented, but I do talk about my weekend. But it was combined with football right. this weekend. Um, now, London, the city of London or Wales, really screwed up my weekend. You're probably wondering, how is that possible? Now, I'm wondering which one. London, well, Wales is not a city. Yeah, but I think they're in the same time zone. I don't know where Wales is. Oh, okay. What is it? Wales, it's um, next to Scotland and, and England. But it's a, it's a country. It's a country. Well, right, it's, right. It's, I, how does that work? It's not quite a... 
I no, don't it know. is a country. It's part of the United Kingdom. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, it's part of the UK. Wales, uh, Scotland, England, and Northern Ireland. Not Southern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thank you. Well, this weekend, I, as you know, I enjoy watching football on Sundays. Right. Well, this weekend, everything got screwed up. What I usually do Sundays, people know my routine. I take that early morning bike ride. I listen to Mike Francesa. And then uh, at 9 a.m., then I take a little nap, I watch football, and then I go out for dinner so I don't stay in the house from 1 p.m. until midnight every day because I was getting depressed. Right, I get that. Derek, do you understand what I'm talking about? Because you, you sit and watch all day or, yeah. He, he's a Vikings fan, so that tells you a lot. Right Sorry there. about, oh that, oh, that was a big win last weekend, though. Yeah, you know, we get one every decade. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... This weekend, there was a game in London between the Lions and the Falcons. Right. And uh, so this guy's radio show started at 7 a.m. I'm not waking up for that. And then there was a game at 9.30 in the morning. You're not waking up for that. No, I'm not waking up for that. And that really made me upset. But then, here's the worst part. A a friend of the show, Sarah Silverman, has a boyfriend who's a very talented actor. And his name is Michael Sheen. And he is Welsh. Oh. Yes. Does he have that funny accent? Yes. All right. Duh. (laughs) So he put together a, there's this poet named Dylan Thomas. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but I never have before. Now, now I'm like best friends <laughs> with the guy. And he was turning 100. And apparently 50 years ago, or more, I don't know, at the 92nd Street Y here in Manhattan, he did a play yeah. called Under Milkwood. And they were redoing Under Milkwood. They were reciting the play over the BBC airwaves to go to Wales live at 8 o'clock, which meant 3 o'clock Sunday, football Sunday, <laughs> here. And I had to attend this. And let me, uh, let me show you, let me show you the good, oh, here we, uh, this is, here's how it is. In the washing basin, his bowler on a nail above the bed, a milk stout and a slice of cold bread pudding under the pillow. And dripping in the dark, He dreams of... This little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed at home. This little piggy had roast beef. This little piggy had none. And this little piggy went... Wee, 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 wee. All the way home to... (laughs) Waldor? Waldor! Yes, Blodwin, love. (laughs) Oh, what'll the neighbours say? What'll the neighbours? Who are Mrs. Waldor? What she put up with. Never should have married. If she didn't have... This is the part where it got going. (laughs) You you understand what I'm saying? This is two hours of this. This sounds like Monty Python's bad sketch that they never released. This is what I'm sitting in when this is happening. In the progression. No harder than on second down and ten. <laughs> that was just and that's picked up for a third time by Aaron Williams. He will take it in. That was the AMF and radio the you were listening to on that. Geno Smith <laughs> makes the great tackle right there at the one. A touchdown saving tackle, but a third interception. And this time it was Smith Williams who picks it off. Geno Smith with the tackle. And it'll be first and goal to go, the Buffalo Bills. Well, I think it's time to make a change. I mean, I, Kevin, you and I have done a lot of games together over the last part. 10 years. I don't ever remember a quarterback having such a poor start in the game. This is just terrible. <laughs> when does anybody ever say that? You know, the, yeah. the guy's like, this is just terrible. This is the announcer. That was the Jets game that was playing while I was watching this, which actually was a better thing to be at than the Jets <laughs> game because our quarterback, Geno Stupid Smith, with three interceptions, uh, before I even left the house. Wow. And now they finally benched him. In fact, today in the paper, they um, had all the quarterbacks that we've ever had because we can't find anybody. And it's funny because I was going down the list and it's, um, you know, just a list of losers that you've never heard of, like Richard Todd and Ken O'Brien, who were technically the best ones we ever had. What? Nobody can replace Joe Namath. I was going to say, what about Joe Namath? Browning, Nagel, Frank, Neil, Neil O'Donnell. When I look at these names, here, look at this guy, Glenn Foley, had a 1-7 in seven record. He was I was at the, the game when he won that one game, and they were chanting his name outside the stadium. <laughs> Foley, Foley, Foley. I'll never forget that. And then he lost the rest of the seven games. This, the Jets are a bag of crap. They stink. And uh, unfortunately, they're my favorite team. Yeah, that so happens to I a do? lot of people around here, I think. It's uh, really depressing. But what was more impressing was um, this. Fetty, paraffin, hatchets, whistles. Mrs. Ogmore <laughs> Pritchard. Laddie da. Got a man in Bill's Wells. And he got a little telescope to look at birds. Willie Lily says. <laughs> this is different than what we heard before, you he understand. Didn't need yeah, a telescope. Yeah. He looked at them undressing through the keyhole. And he used to shout, 
Tally ho! But Mr. Ogmore I've seen this before. I think it was Even called DuckTales with Scrooge McDuck. Seen Mrs. Butcher Bynan. She said Butcher Bynan put dogs in the bin, sir. Go on, he's pulling her leg. Now don't you dare tell her that. There's a dear. Or she'll think he's trying to pull it off and eat it. Oh, there's a nasty... Yeah, I don't know what to say to that. That's what I was doing. Wait, were, were you recording? That? How did you get that recording? It's none of your business did how you I got it. The important thing is, is that it happened. <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> Can you believe I had to sit through this play? Now, I mean, look, I wanted to support Michael, but I'm sitting there. I have no idea what anybody's saying. Now, they're talking in English, I guess. <laughs> they were. But they might as well have been talking in Iranian <laughs> or any other language because I did not understand a word. And I felt like... Um, Look, this is um, from The Simpsons. Uh, check this out. Sorry, I just came to see how you were feeling. Fine, just fine. What are you writing here? A play? Duh. No. Yeah, huh? Cast of characters, Viceroy Fizzlebottom. A hearty cherub of a man. Give me that. It's a work in progress. So that's uh, that's Bart who likes this kind of humor. Right, <laughs> like, right. So that's all I'm thinking of. Like, this is when he reads from his actual play. Bart, I'm here for you, but I'm not going to break it in somebody's house. All right, you're right, you're right. Let, let's let's just forget about that. Here, let me read to you from my play. <clears throat> Kippers for breakfast, Aunt Helga. Is it St. Swithin's Day already? <laughs> Tis, replied Aunt Helga. I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> it's exactly similar. That's all I'm thinking in my head. And when everybody's <laughs> laughing, now think, now, at the, the, I mean, everybody is laughing at one point. And um, do you think they were laughing politely or with like a real belly, you know, belly laugh? No, no. Let me see if I can. Persons with manners do not read at yep. table. This is the funny says thing. Mrs. Pugh. She swallows a digestive tablet as big as a horse pill, washing it down with clouded pea soup water. You hear the little laughs? There's a little laugh. But it laugh. gets bigger. Oh. Some persons were brought up in pigsty. Pigs don't read at table, dear. <laughs> Pigs don't Bitterly, read at table for the benefit of the studio She flicks dust from audience. the broken cruet. It settles on the pie in a thin gnat ray. Pigs can't read, my dear. I know one who can. <laughs> Alone in the hissing laboratory of his wishes, Mr. Pugh minces among bad vats and Jeroboam's, tiptoes through spinnies of murdering herbs, agony dancing in his crucibles, and mixes, especially for Mrs. Pugh, a venomous porridge unknown to toxologists, which will scald and viper through her until her ears laugh. fall off like figs, her toes grow big and black as balloons, and steam comes screaming out of her navel. <laughs> I'm laughing at the laughter, not. You know best, dear. <laughs> Big laugh. Now, what a medium-sized chuckle right there. Those are actually <laughs> real laughs because what what we do on the show sometimes is we. Uh, I've been playing this television clips from this uh, show I'm obsessed with called uh, Mulaney, and uh, this got bigger laughs than this show that's on Fox on Sundays. Really? And I didn't understand a word they said except for this one. Too late, cock. <laughs> you understood cock. I understood that one, so I started laughing, and that's how I was like hitting me. What's the matter with you? Um, wait, did Dylan Thomas write this? Is that yeah, the... he wrote it. It's a play, and uh, that's all I've been doing like all week is going to Dylan Thomas-related stuff. In fact, today in the paper... Wait, why are you going to it? What does this have to do with anything? Peg asked, why are you going to all these Dylan yeah, Thomas things? because I'm supporting uh, my friend Michael Sheen, who oh, is an actor... Right, so he's doing all these readings because he's Welsh. The Welsh consulate was there. It was like a big to-do. Now, the funny thing is, is that... Um, when I say funny, I mean, I hope it's funny. Uh, <laughs> I uh, meet these, this couple that I know that I haven't seen in, like, 15 years. Uh, I might have went to school with them. I don't know. I used to call him Minneapolis Mike. I met him <laughs> and his wife, right? And they actually paid to go. So this is it. It's me, John Hamm, and Michael Sheen, and... The great director Richard Curtis, uh -huh. my favorite film, Notting Hill. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the uh, three of us. <laughs> that got a big laugh. <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous, but I, I love it. I don't know why. He does. He's made me watch it many times. 
in the car while we're oh yeah, right, I made you watch it too, right? Right, Derek, right. While we were having those hamburgers after the roller derby, I, I make you guys watch it. That's when we that's when we watch Notting Hill and we eat these burgers. That is so weird. So uh, <laughs> the three three men in the car watching Notting Hill drunk and eating burgers. <laughs> like, so, that is a little I guess it's a little gay, but I mean Just a all little. right, it's really gay. But um yeah. So we're all together, right? So I meet my friends and I'm like, hey, you got to get this, guys. I'm going to Michael and, and John Hammond. I'm like, they paid for tickets to this. They like <laughs> wanted to see this. Can you believe it? And they're like going like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not getting it. They wanted us. They were like into this. Like, I just could not understand. And then I so realized wait, I was being a major tool. They, J- John Hamm was there on, in the audience or he was part he of was the He was in program? the audience. Oh, I see. So he was there. Him and his uh, girlfriend were there to support Michael. I see. So we were all there just to, uh, you know, I mean, listen, when you hear Michael talking, it's good. And I enjoy listening to him talk. I would have preferred if actually he read the whole thing because then the next day I saw him read poetry, Dylan Thomas poetry, at a library here in 54th of Madison. And that was actually really good. And I said to Sarah, I'm like, you know, if that was my boyfriend, uh, I would have him read to me every night before I went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, is a little gay. A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. A little bit, really. But that's what so, I was wondering: is why didn't you audition with your Michael Caine accent? They might uh, have let you in. Don't think I didn't. When he told me about this in September, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I could actually be a bit service to you by I, I can not only can I do Michael Caine, I could do this accent, whatever this is. It's Wallace and Gromit, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. Then right. But then I could have done. Now, if we're going to do under Milkwood, I've got some suggestions that you might be interested in. <laughs> Now, number one, he goes, no, I think that'll be right. No, yeah, let me finish. <laughs> let me goddamn finish. But, uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, so I meet these guys. So I invite them to the after party after. Now, this is some after party, you know, after these people have seen two hours of poetry. I mean, this is really happening. <laughs> and uh, But they were like, thanks for inviting us to the after party. I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> like, I'm like, do you, do you think it'll be okay? I'm like, do I think it'll be okay? Who's going to give a crap? You're, you're crashing the under Milkwood after party? Nobody cares. (laughs) Listen, Minneapolis Mike. So anyway, we go downstairs and they got the football game on. So so I'm seeing all the scores and they were amazing because it's like one of those things when you're not watching football. Derek, I know you understand. Like when when you can't watch football and you're not keeping track, when you're into it and you have a show when you're talking about football and poetry, uh, (laughs) when you have a strange podcast, um, you you're like when you come out and it's like four or five o'clock and you're seeing all the games and you are amazed that New England beat the crap out of Chicago or you can't believe Cincinnati just beat Pittsburgh. You're like, wow, I can't <laughs> believe it. And the best part is that Sarah's completely into it, too. And I can't tell you how happy that makes me that she's like, wow, I can't believe Cincinnati beat Pittsburgh. <laughs> it makes me so happy because she like really is into it. Is it because of the football pool? Like, I think she, so. I never remember her being into it. I know she likes the Patriots because she's from New England, but it just makes me happy when I'm with people from the football pool and they acknowledge, they're like, wow, I can't believe that this is happening, especially when you're a play. So <clears throat> I meet the actors from the play, and uh, they're like, what did you think of the play? And I'm like, well, I mean, honestly? <laughs> and they're very nice people, and they're all old, and they're all Welsh. And um, it's like Kate Burton. It's Richard Burton's daughter. Ooh. You know, right? So I'm like, I didn't get it. <laughs> I'm like, but you guys were very committed, and you didn't forget any lines. And that's what I said. That was like, really honestly. sweet of you. Yeah. Well, I was like, because, you know, on Saturday Night Live, there's that girl, A.D. Bryant, and she keeps flubbing lines, and it's driving me crazy. And I know it's live, and I, but I know they have cue cards, but these guys didn't flub any lines, and I didn't understand a word they were saying, and they were speaking fast. And That's true. I don't know. I think that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's an impressive feat. To they probably not fuck thought up. it was kind of a yeah, probably an insult, but I <laughs> I meant it in the kindest way. Um, I had heard the one guy I was talking to, and they're Welsh and they're pretty badass. They were all they're all they all do movies and stuff. They're in like the that show HBO show Rome and stuff like that. You know, they're manly men. And one of them uh, was telling me that they were in uh, the Russell Crowe show, uh, the Masters, uh, the, or the maybe the the what? Uh, is it Master of the Master and Commander, uh, right. Oh, the right. movie. Yeah, yeah. So they were in the movie, and Russell Crowe apparently uh, m- picks on people. He, p- he picks on one little person to for the movie and is a dick about it, like he's a major dick. So these guys uh, said they were sick of it, and they put him in a headlock, and they said, stop picking, start picking on somebody your own size. <laughs> now that's manly. <laughs> you do that to the lead in the movie, which you could get fired about. It's pretty cool. But... Um, 
It was great, and I was so excited to meet Richard Curtis. I can't tell you, you know, yeah. I heard I was going to meet him because he actually is my favorite writer and director. He also did a show called The Black Adder in the '80s, which I just yes. absolutely love. And there is this amazing episode that I've been trying to tell people for like. 20 years how funny it is and I've told you and maybe I've made you watch it I, and I never really understood British humor but this one spoke <laughs> to me it's uh this it's this guy Rowan Atkinson who plays Mr. Bean and he's in a lot of movies stuff he's very funny and he plays this this one part of the Black Adder he plays a butler which Black Adder was this it's the like the third season where he plays a butler to the prince which is Hugh Laurie you know house and uh Hugh Laurie's an idiot you right. know, he's the idiot, idiotic prince, or the butler is smarter than the prince, like like an right. old Benson, like Benson TV yeah, series, right? Exactly. So, uh, and that day, the the prince has invested in a new book called the Dictionary, and this guy, you know, I don't, maybe his name was Webster, I don't know, he comes <laughs> in with the Dictionary. The Black Adder hates him. He's like, oh, this guy, what a loser! Oh, he's got a book. I got a better. So he keeps coming up with words that the guy forgets to have in the Dictionary. So he's going, like, he's like, Adder, would you get us some drinks? He goes, yes, I will be back. Flippitaciously, whatever. And the guy's like, damn it! And he keeps like writing in more words, you know? And I was just thought that was like the funniest thing. And, um, and this guy, Richard Curtis, like wrote that. And he also wrote this amazing episode of Doctor Who, which I, you know, just started watching like recently. And uh, about, look, I'm a sucker for a romantic comedy. So he wrote this episode of Doctor Who where they go back and meet Van Gogh. And they're in the Museum of Modern Art and they're looking at one of his paintings. And one of his classic paintings in a church, there's a monster in the church. And he goes, well, that's not right. Now I'm doing a horrible imitation, but you know what I'm saying, because I love doing it. This is the doctor you're imitating? Yeah. I see. Well, that's not right. I'm doing it as if the doctor was Michael Caine. Right. Um, and so they go back in time, and they find out why that monster's in that painting, and um, then they bring him back, and he gets to see his work, and it's delightful. I'm sorry. I like that kind of stuff. I've never heard of Van Gogh in a romantic comedy. That's, uh... that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's pretty cool. Um, just uh, We are running out of time in the football section. I just want to say that the... Uh, well, we have our. Um, let me just do you the college. You should probably talk about football. What? You should probably talk about football in the we football. We just did section. talk about football. Listen, last week I always do a uh, a tease with uh, the people I have on the show, um, which is I get for every game I get ten points backwards or forwards uh, for the spread that they give out every week, and I make out names and see if I can win. Now I lost this week only with two of my spelled out Rachel. <laughs> that was my guest last week. And I lost, I took, uh, you know, I take the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, the, that's right. where the R, the Akron Zips is the A in Rachel, the, the, I try and do funny ones, the right. Central Michigan Chippewas <laughs> is the C. So I lost on the Akron Zips, and UCLA, I lost by half a point. All right. But this week, and you can see all this on uh, DaveJuskow.blogspot.com, you can always see my selections, see what I won or lost this week, because you're here, Right. I'm spelling out the cars. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I paused as if people would be like, oh! Because actually, uh, on col on they, they just, uh, the college format has a new, they have a new playoff system. And uh, the, they just had a selection committee, which includes Condoleezza Rice. She's in the selection committee. Yeah, the committee. selection committee to pick who's going to play in the college football playoffs for the first time ever. And I was watching the thing because I enjoy countdown stuff you know right so they're announcing the teams and they the it's florida state it's mississippi state it's Ole miss and number three was auburn the auburn tigers and all the hosts were just when they showed it because they don't even know they're seeing it for the first time it's that secretive right right they all go ooh, <laughs> and that to me is funny television so anyway i spelled it out with the auburn tigers i'm taking them plus 12 and a half against old miss so it's three against one which is very exciting this weekend the iowa hawkeyes for the h Plus six against Northwestern for the E and the. So we have the. Okay. The East Carolina Pirates plus three. For the cars, I have the Nebraska Cornhuskers plus 13 and a half. Oh, minus 13 and a half versus Purdue. I know this is not that interesting to anybody, <laughs> but except my three listeners. Uh, I have the Air Force Falcons as the A plus six and a half. And here's, a, here's the comedy one. The University of Louisiana Lafayette Ragin' Cajuns. The Ragin' I like the comedy names. I'm sorry, that's for the R. They're plus three and a half. And then the Florida State Seminoles, uh, plus six and a half. That's a Thursday night. I usually don't pick Thursday night games, but I'm so positive that they'll win. 
that I'm not worried about it because I don't want to lose. How much money did you total? Did you put on? I um, I only put fifty dollars on this to win one sixty two fifty. I put the big money on Irene Bremises. I was going to ask you about that. That's where we come to right now. The pendulum pick. Right. You should explain that to for new listeners. Yes. Now the pendulum pick. We know this girl Irene. Memo and I know this girl Irene, and she came in here on the fourth show and showed us how it works. She has a magic pendulum. You you are hearing correctly. Yeah. And she makes football picks with it. Now, she was right six weeks in a row. Yeah. We were amazed. And then we saw her do it, and she just sits there, and if you can take your eyes off her boobs, you can watch the pendulum go. <laughs> and uh, she ironically does it right around her boobs. She knows what she's doing. She's doing hypnotized. it on purpose. All right. I was hypnotized. I couldn't make the picks. But la- so she messed up. So uh, last week, I had her pick two to make up for it. And uh, she chose... She- Lost in one one. Now she wasn't oh. in the right frame of mind when she lost the week before somebody had died. I could tell something was wrong. And this week she was going to LA. I could tell something was wrong. She went one and one. She picked the Packers, which lost really bad, but the Cardinals. So we made up a little bit. We evened out, and they won. Now this week, it's just one pick. We're giving her this one last try. Now she's done it the complete right way. We talked on the phone. She says this is the definite thing. I believe her. I am giving her this chance. To make up because it sounded the right way. A lot of times when she texts me, she will say, let me check again tomorrow to make sure. And there's a whole like thing that she does. And the last two weeks, she's just been like, Packers. You know, then I know something's wrong. Right. I know she's not she's the not right doing place. She's doing the whole ritual. Right. So this week, she checked, checked again. We talked on the phone. She says that this week, I, gave her, I give her the games to play. This week I gave her the Broncos and the Patriots, which I thought would be very exciting to choose. And the pendulum pick this week, even though we've been a little off, yeah, this will be the last week. Yeah, is the Patriots. Patriots. Yes, as in uh, ironic upset since the uh, Broncos are favored, she is picking the New England <clears throat> Patriots to wow. beat wow. the Den- the mighty. Denver Broncos, and you know that's a thorny Peyton Manning if, if side. They, if they win, you know, with the points, but don't actually beat... No, if they, they're they underdogs, so if they win, oh, then right, it wins. Right, right. So if they win, then the pendulum is right. Um, you know, it's not a... That could totally happen, but let's see if she's right again, because we want to get back on track, and it's... Uh, and people have been... You know, I've been making that my key pick yeah, every week. Yeah, I know. I, I, uh, she's furious doing, at her. She's doing better than I am, that's for sure. Okay. Um, where am I? Right. Uh, we have to go to the uh, next section, which is the TV section. So here's our theme. <laughs> Dave just got with you. <laughs> Wait, I'm, on ga- I'm on a game show. Yeah, that's what I do. It's funny, isn't it? It's kind of exciting. All right. So this is the TV portion of the uh, show. And uh, we talk about everything TV. Now, we are going to... We've uh, been um, making predictions of shows... Yeah. Uh, for the season. You know, we're obsessed with Mulaney. We'll talk about that in a second. Now, Mulaney, fortunately, got canceled this week because of the World Series. Thank God. Wait, canceled? Or well, just... they, first of all, they've already shortened the season for Mulaney. They know it's bad. The ratings are horrible. Everything is bad about Mulaney. It's a horrible show. We've played clips on it before. Uh, they say it's taped in front of a live audience, but if it is, somebody should use that sweetener button because it's really bad. In <laughs> fact, as an example, I off the TV uh, last night, I was watching. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was watching the Byron Allen show. Now this okay. show has been on for years. It's called Comics Unleashed, and the, before that was named something else. I don't know how this guy has a show for like I don't know twenty years, right, Josh? You know what I'm talking about, right? Long time. A long time. <laughs> this tool. I'm sure he's a pleasant guy. Now, when Rachel was on and we played Mulaney's stand-up, she was like, oh, I don't know. I like it. She's crazy. <laughs> she's trying to be polite. and She's, and that's she's a nice. nice person. I was talking to David Tell last night, and he said, I like Mulaney. He didn't say he liked his stand-up. Obviously, John Mulaney's a very nice person. Got it. But his stand-up blows. Now, maybe it blows. Maybe it's better in live. I don't know. But right. it's bad. Now, this is... Are you ready for this? Now, this is... Byron Allen, who has a TV show with writers, he's not writing his own stuff, and this aired last night on CBS. Very kind of you. Thank you. Ah, a lot to talk about. The world's smallest country, Sealand, is for sale. $126 million. Yeah. Hey, that's a bargain. That's the same price as a condo in L.A. What? Small little country. Here's oh, the next I love one. this. The U.S. government says the food from cloned animals is safe to eat. 
Isn't that something? Yeah, Taco Bell assures everyone clone animals will not affect their E. coli. Look, I mean this uh, I mean this guy uh, <laughs> maybe that's that's his opening a, is that the, maybe the joke is that you know there isn't like some really dry meta sort of joke. No. No. <laughs> I watched it. He does three jokes. He does three jokes and he can't get those good. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm getting very confused. Plus, but the laughs are bigger than they are in the Mulaney show. Right. And I've se- you can see the audience. They, they're showing the audience, but that clearly is not the audience laughing because let me show you what happens when he goes to the panel with some of the... Uh, now, these comics are... I don't know the first guy, but this other guy, Pablo Francisco. Mm-hmm. I think he does okay. Sue Costello, who is uh, not that great. <laughs> and then who, a very talented David Allen Greer yes. who makes up for the horribleness of what is this panel. I'm just saying, you guys, you've been on some crazy job interviews. They didn't hire me. They didn't hire you. I mean, listen to the laughs of this audience. There's no way. This isn't sweet. David, yes, right. You walk around. (laughs) They want to to introduce you to the people you're going to have to work with. Do you know what I mean? And they throw little quips and quotes. Oh, this is Janice. She's hard to keep up with. Yeah, she's hard to look at. Let's keep walking. What do you say? She's making me sick. Yeah, it's a lot of people. I would tell you, he's an original. You got that right. I've never... I would tell you that this was a visual gag, but I watched it, and it, you're not missing anything. <laughs> right. Let's take a look at this uh, next dude. Let's see if like I can... fiction. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's your dating life, man? My dating life is going. I'm meeting a lot of psycho chicks. You know, it's like, hello, yeah, I'm psycho. What's going on? <laughs> Who are you? Where have you been? What's going on? What's the deal? Are you going to Hooters? Is that what you know? Are you going to Hooters? Look at me. Don't look at Tony. Look at me. Are you going to Hooters? <laughs> and you're looking at your friend. You're giving that subliminal eye contact. <laughs> Tell her you're going home to meet me at Hooters. Tell me, tell her you're going home to meet me. Those are bigger laughs than uh, Under Milkwood. That, How could oh. that be? Under Milkwood was funnier. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird show. But you keep watching it for 20 years? No, I, I just I had it on, and then I realized that when I was watching, I'm like, well, I guess we could talk about this in the podcast. We're talking about bad comedy. And, right. And here's funny. Everybody's like, see, you look nice. And I'm like, I get nervous because I have really low self-esteem. And I don't know if other people do, but I have really bad self-esteem. Like, girls, like, now people are like, oh, so you look pretty. Oh, you look pretty. But when you hate yourself, it, it's not comfortable. Like, girls come up to me, and they're like, are you trying to sleep with my boyfriend? I'm like, sleep with your boyfriend? I can barely get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> are you okay with that? <laughs> it's really bad. Listen to David Allen Gray. He's, all, he's awesome. I wish I had that much energy. <laughs> <laughs> How's your dating life? Fine, Byron. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah. Let's move on. See, he's awesome. I mean, it's funny because he gets that these people are horrible. So he's like, I will do you a favor and just let's move on. (laughs) Right. Uh, That kind of stuff really makes me angry. But anyway. What channel is this? That's on CBS. Well, that explains why CBS is going to be gone in 10 years. Well, I don't know. They're doing better than Fox. I think Fox might be gone by two. Now, you don't have any TV. So this is all. It's true. This is a fascinating world for me. Now, I'm just going over, um, uh, we go over the, the Thursday night lineup. We go over each of the days, and we're finishing off Thursdays. We did a couple, you know, we, now I watch, I've been talking about the show A to Z, which I watch, which is actually the best show I've seen so far. If you have to watch sitcoms, it's very, it's a romantic comedy. I'm sorry, I like it. I told you, yeah, exactly, right, I know. But it's pretty good, and it's holding up. It's after Bad Judge, so it's probably going to get canceled, because I think that's going nowhere. Are you guys aware, familiar with these shows? Yeah, no, no, nobody is anymore. Right. Nobody watches network television except me. Yeah, I was confused. But okay. I'm fascinated oh, by it. Josh knows. Oh, jo- you do? Yeah. Do you watch that show A to Z? I haven't seen that, but Bad Judge. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, right. That, <laughs> I wrote an article for the Huffington Post two weeks ago saying that NBC has a lot of shows that are just okay. Now, for four weeks, I was obsessed with this show called The Mysteries of Laura. Obsessed. Now I'm not obsessed anymore because now the show is just kind of boring and dull. They're giving it a full season commitment because they have nothing else. Right. They're just, all their shows are just okay. If their best show is The Blacklist, which is a very okay show, which I like because James Spader is the man. I mean, the woman on it, if you ever watch it, is a horrible actress. She's just the worst. But if that's their best show, it's just okay. They are winning the ratings race because they have Sunday night football, and that covers them and all their advertisers and everything else, so they don't have to do anything else. This is why everybody under 20 watches YouTube. 
Exactly. Right. I know they're ruining it themselves. They they can't find anything else to watch. It's ridiculous. It's like, you know, we look at uh, the stuff they replaced it with last year, which was the crazy ones, which killed Robin Williams, and then uh, Bad Teacher. They made that was only that only aired three episodes. Huh. Uh, but um, it's funny because the WB, which doesn't really get any ratings. They have a show called The Flash, which is new, and that got the highest ratings. Is that like the Marvel comics? Yeah, no, at DC. All right, so right, I knew that. Memo, are you for real? Are you you even kidding? I can't believe that. Derek, can you believe that happened? That's just so (laughs) embarrassing for you. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I. Uh, Yeah. Well, I just uh, I wanted to talk about Friday nights because uh, we haven't. Friday nights are interesting. Who watches TV on a Friday night? Exactly. So they don't have a lot of new stuff. Nobody does. Oh, oh Josh. Josh, does. Josh, you're all right. I'm going to hang out with Josh. I think he should be here for the second half. Yeah, maybe half you're of the right. Show. You want to take a seat? <laughs> um, do you ever watch Last Man Standing? Uh, I have, but lately Utopia is on. Oh, you like Utopia? Because I think that's going to get canceled very quickly. Ooh. I'm sorry, it's doing really horribly in the ratings. It's not as interesting as most reality TV shows. And they're all trying to like get along. Yeah, I had a. We, oh, he told me about this one. I, yeah, it's just not doing well. I'm, right. I've heard it. You know, people that like it really like it, yeah. but it's not doing well. So I think it's going to be canceled. However, it might not because it's Fox, and they're just dying a slow death. Except uh, you know, like we'll look at the ratings this week, and they but like ABC tries on Fridays. They try to put some sitcoms on. So they're kind of interesting. You might I think the George Lopez show used to be on on okay. uh, that day. Now they have a new show with a Mexican girl. I thought oh. you might like this. Well, yeah, we're friends. Her name is Cristela. Uh it's a it's she's a stand-up comic. Now this is I don't hate everything. Her name is Christiana Cristela Alonso. I'd never heard of her before. She's my cousin. I bet you she is. <laughs> I know you're making that up, but wouldn't everybody here sense, kind right? of believe that? Uh, <laughs> I think that's what the entire show is about. Right. That's what, um, who's that other guy that used to always be like, come on, man. This is my cousin. We have seven people on the couch, man. Cheech? No. I'm just <laughs> doing it like Cheech. No. What's that guy's name? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, he was legendary comic. Oh, Paul Rodriguez. Paul Rodriguez. That's exactly <laughs> right. right. Every, every joke was just, listen. In my house, we had seven people sleep at the couch, man. Like, I mean, every joke, right? Am I right? It's just like a, the, when you love doing the Yakov Smirnoff one. Like, That's true. In my country, that was every joke. In my country. Right. So, actually, now, I actually didn't hate this Cristela show. I watch it. I watch. I would never watch this show if I didn't have this show. But I'm trying to watch a lot more stuff because I'm kind of fascinated by it. And, uh, you know, to kind of talk about it. So, I watched this show for the podcast. And I did not hate it. Like, it wasn't as bad as some of the ones I've seen, like Selfie right. or uh, this Manhattan Love Story, which they already canceled, right. which I said would be canceled in three episode, uh, four episodes, but I think it canceled it in three. So I was off by one. Right. Um, but I, I liked it. This woman, Christina, Christella Alonzo, is very uh, charming. She's a little heavy, but she's very charming, and she's you know Mexican. She's trying to be a lawyer. Th- th- here's the premise. I have it. Uh, I like to read the are premises. You, are, you, are you saying that, like, she... You, Never mind. <laughs> the series will chronicle the life of a Mexican-American law school graduate who must balance her chance to live the American dream by working as an unpaid intern at a law firm with the concerns of her family, including her sister, a call center operator at a cable TV company who wants her to get a real job. I don't know why that's necessary to put in the description. Her brother-in-law, who sees her as a freeloader and wants her to find another place to live, and her mother, who wants her to settle down. Sounds Typical, hilarious. Typical uh, Mexican-American family <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Here's the it's called Cristela. And here's the opening. You haven't seen it. Wait. Good morning. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> That's her mother. This is like an 80s so sitcom. Fancy. I know. I told you, Ma, I got the interview for the internship today. Oh, yes. A job where you work very hard and make no money. That's what I dreamed of for you when I came to this country. We know what you dreamed of for us, remember? Oh, when she'd take us to the nice neighborhood. Point to the biggest house. And say, you're American. You work hard, you make something of yourself, and one day, you can clean that house. Well, I can really relate as a Mexican. I was going to say, do you take offense by That was way too much house for either one of you. Ah, my beautiful wife. Mm. Her beautiful mother. Mm. And Cristela. Yeah, he hates her, so that's why we're setting that up. 
Um, this that sounds like it was made in 1986. I know. That's why I kind of like it because I like sitcoms that look like they were made in 1986 <laughs> because that's the sitcom era. So when they do something like that, so they they clearly don't give a crap about the show. They're taking a shot. They got a Mexican American. They're like, right. let's just put it on Friday nights. Sure. Friday nights are a mess. I mean, they don't put any. After that, they put on Shark Tank in 2020. They clearly don't care. Right. And so here, let me ask you if this is offensive to you. Internship, there's a good chance I could get a job at the firm after I graduate. Somebody could have become a doctor two times in the time it's taken you to not become a lawyer. That's because other students don't have to keep dropping out to take care of their mother. I wouldn't have been in the hospital if you weren't breaking my heart. Oh, oh wow. That is so Catholic that even the Pope would be like, Calmate, too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I'm offended I was doing by the cheech. bad writing. That, well, that right, 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 right. It's like that Seinfeld one. Huh? I'm not. I'm offended as a comedian. <laughs> that's really stupid. So that's a show, but it, um, it does well. I mean, it did. It did. It, had, it went strong. Plus, their accents aren't even really Mexican. I don't even know no, what country horrible. they're from. There's a, the the uh, it's sister. like you trying to do a Mexican uh, accent. That's what I'm saying. It sounded just like Cheech. I mean, the Pope is saying, "What the God of Miracle? Please get out of the house." Yeah, it's like Speedy Gonzalez yeah. doing all the voices. I know. I mean, I feel horribly uh, racist, but uh, we just heard it, and it sounds yeah. like that. Yeah, it's but apparently, bad. I'm not allowed to. Uh, I'm not allowed to do that because you know. No. I'm white. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a, one of the things we talk about on the show all the time is that... This is where we're going to get political? What, no. I'm, what I'm saying is that they have British and Welsh actors who are allowed to play <clears throat> American actors with accents. Right. But if I do it the other way, I'm a dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's getting... It's bothering me. Well, that lately. guy on Battlestar Galactica who's British... Right. But he, he was really good. I know. They're all good. That's the problem. They are really good at it. But, I mean, shouldn't somebody complain that they're taking away our jobs? The problem... <laughs> No, I mean, why not? It's reverse prejudice or something, isn't it? Shouldn't somebody say something? So, like, SAG should complain. Well, they should. I mean, if, if this guy's complaining, they, when they NBC tried to remake Ironside last year, <laughs> Ironside, and they used this guy Blair Underwood, uh-huh. who's a black guy, a black actor, to play Ironside as a, a character who, who got shot as a police officer and he's in a wheelchair and that's how he solves crimes. And this one guy who was in a wheelchair was complaining that it wasn't an actual wheelchair actor. Oh. It wasn't a disabled actor playing Ironside. <laughs> so if he can say that. But that was one guy. He wasn't like I'm the just w- saying it's out there. <laughs> right. I'm doing it the reverse way. That's true. I feel bad because, you know, you know, Michael Sheen, who I like very much and think is a great actor, does the same thing in that Showtime show uh, Masters of Sex. Oh. Sorry, I had a uh, brain Couldn't remember that for a second. But is uh, that a good show? I heard I, it's a I, good show. I don't know. I don't really watch it. Oh, I you know I watch Once Upon a Time. You know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's uh, amazing. <laughs> like anytime there's a really good show that people are always like, "This is an amazing show." You've never seen it. I like science fiction. <laughs> and then stuff, like all I... the really bad shows. Well, here's a, actually one of the show the new shows that NBC had, and you know I pick on NBC a lot, but they have the show Constantine. The posters are all over. I said I've seen I'm going to give it a try. I know that's based on Alan Moore's character from Hellblazer. Right, eh? right, that's right. So it's another DC Comics yes. uh, show, but and. This is a smart move by NBC where they've kind of messed up everything else. They have that show Grimm, which is in its fourth season. It does pretty well. Doesn't is it about do great. Ben Grimm? No. Oh. <laughs> That's uh, the Fantastic Four stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's about Grimm fables, right? Or, got it. Got it. Uh, and so they blocked this off with this custody. It's very smart. I think it's going to last. It did very solid in the ratings. And uh, I really enjoyed the first episode. At least this guy, I think he's Australian or something. He uses the Australian accent. See, then okay. I don't got a problem. But it's like that girl on Fringe. I didn't know she was Australian, and she's using the American accent. At least this guy on Forever, which is going to be a show, it's got to be canceled soon. This Mr. Fantastic from uh-huh. the Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. At least he's using his actual accent. So you're saying people should speak things in the accent that they were born with? That's right. I see. Well, you're not like have like you don't. If I can't do my Michael Caine, <laughs> then nobody should be able to do anything. I see. That's all I'm saying. I see. All right, let's get down to the business. Now let's talk about. The ratings this week because I'm completely. What about fascinated. people like Andy McDowell who have like a like Andy a, McDowell should never be seen again. Right. No, but I just meant like she has a really strong Southern accent, but she hides it. No, oh, that's true, and it, she's horrible. Should she be speaking in a? In she like shouldn't a be in any accent. movies. She's well, great. I love it. Peggy Andy McDowell. Movie? Did you like Green her in? Card? Fucking There's great. a great I love example. That movie. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> Green Card is awesome. <laughs> what movie did you like her in, Pega? I don't know. I so you have no Shortcuts. examples. She's good in shortcuts. I liked her in Sex, Lies, and Videotape, where she was using the Southern accent. 
Right. But she I, was good in Sex Life. She's Wednesday, bad right? in Four Weddings and a Funeral. She's bad in Groundhog Day. I mean, she's okay. Pega doesn't like many things. I'm going to have to ask her to leave on that one. <laughs> Groundhog Day is one of the greatest comedies ever made. How can you say that? Uh, well, now I kind of need to know why you don't like it. I mean, everybody likes that movie. It's amazing. I know, it's why I feel like crazy. I feel so bad. What bothers you because you don't like... Do you not like science fiction or... I don't actually. So maybe that has something to do with yeah. it. Like, you don't like the, the pretend of what could happen or you like you like reality. She, she doesn't like to speculate. 95% of the audience loves Groundhog Day. That, 95. That's what you said? You guys are not the audience. 75%, oh, 75%, oh, 75% of the audience Excellent. likes Groundhog Day. Right. That's a pretty I, good I, I, No, but you've got to be fascinated by somebody who doesn't like Groundhog Day. It's, Everybody likes Groundhog Day. <laughs> I think it's... Um, I always say that Harold Ramis got shafted on that. He think he should have been nominated for Best Director. In the wrong hands, that movie is a disaster. Right. I mean, think about how complicated a movie like that is to make. Right. You have to keep redoing scenes. You have to do them just ever so slightly right. to make sure that they're the right way. It's true. He did a really good job. And it's very spiritual and stuff. They talk about that now that he's dead, Harold Ramis. Um, I have an autographed copy of it at home by Harold Ramis. That's how much I like you, the movie. You mean on VHS? Yeah, on VHS. <laughs> I don't hate Harold Ramis. I like him a lot. Why do you you hate Harold Ramis? I never said that. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. That's that's he's lying. But you love Cristela. <laughs> I like Harold Ramis. I think he's very talented. Then why would he say that? Because he's jealous. I believe that. <laughs> well, I love Harold Ramis, and Harold Ramis has made some of the greatest American modern comedies of I know, our time. I know. You are talking Stripes. about Animal House, Stripes, I, Caddyshack, Ghostbusters. I'm not and arguing. Groundhog Day. Um, no, I never. I never said I hated him. I said I liked him. No, you know what? I, you know what it was. Here's what I. My comment, which he misconstrued, was that when he died, you know, who remembered out of you know all these Americans who actually remembered him or even knew what movies he'd make? Nobody, right? Except for like real fans. Well, I knew. Right, like real fans of his, right? But like, well, yeah, but like most right. people didn't right. even know he existed. You okay. know. But the minute he dies, everybody's acting like they're so sad, and you're like, you bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, like, everybody you know? does that, though. Right. Well, that was my comment. I did that with Robin Williams? I really couldn't care less. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Because that's how I got shat on, because I said the same thing. Yeah, I never really cared for Robin Williams. And quite <laughs> frankly, if you go through his list of movies, they all suck. Not, not one. Not the Fisher King. Every single not one. one. I can't, you like them all, you're saying. There is nothing I don't like. Mrs. See, for me, I can't stand any of them. I don't like Forrest Gump. <laughs> that's right, I don't like Gump. I like Forrest Gump. But Robin Williams isn't in that, thing. God. No. I just I could watch Forrest, but he's, can, he's in but the... But he definitely, I mean, Memo's into a lot of different stuff that we, you know, stuff that I've never heard of before. <laughs> like, I know, but it's like, it's like... Actually, Robin Williams yeah, is in the movie that Forrest Gump ripped off. I was The surprised, World According to Garp. I was you. surprised that uh, you didn't say, oh my God, Under Milkwood, I love that. <laughs> that's what I thought for sure he was going to... That's the kind of stuff Well, you know, Memo it's funny. I, I like Dylan Thomas as a poet. I didn't know he had written a play. I didn't even know who he was until Sunday. Um, yeah. Apparently but, uh, he's big in the Welsh community. Right. Who that is? That has a good little fact there. I, I still didn't hear what you said, Bob. Bob Dylan is named after you keep, Dylan every Thomas. Every time she talks, you keep talking. I thought you were asking me. <laughs> uh, Bob Dylan is named after Dylan Thomas? It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, he was a big fan of his poetry. Well, if Bob Dylan is... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pennywinkle, <laughs> see that would be an wait, entertaining. Wait, do you and Bob Dylan go through the McDonald's oh, drive-through? Yeah, well, I'll have a Big Mac and a small fry. <laughs> That's somebody else's joke that I've been doing for years because it's classic. And a shake <laughs> and a tea, please. Um, let me just—I just want to talk about the ratings for a second because they're kind of interesting. I love talking about it every week. Um, Sunday Night Football killed the ratings because last week it, it went down. Last week, Sunday Night Football had an 8.2 share. They went down to a 7.1. Why? Because Peyton Manning was not playing last week. Right. Peyton Manning, uh, I don't remember who they were playing, maybe the 49. Oh, when he broke the record. When he broke the record for the uh, touchdowns. Um, every, that got a huge rating, and that's why they won the week. But it went down, because I don't know who was playing this week, but it doesn't matter. And so then Thursday Night Football moved to number two, because why? <clears throat> Peyton Manning was playing. Right. Went from a 5.4 to a 6.7 because Peyton Manning was playing the Chargers. Peyton Manning is the story. He's the reason advertisers advertise. It's true. And it's weird because a guy that could lose the Super Bowl that badly right. to still be <clears throat> that beloved is uh, quite a miracle. I really hope he wins this year. I'm sorry. Can really I ask like you a him. question about football ratings? Yeah. Do you think 
that in like 10 or 20 years, like, you know how everybody's really like worried about like concussions and so on. And so mothers are not letting their kids play football anymore. Yeah, yeah. So in like 10 or 20 years, is football going to be like in the toilet? Because all these kids grew up not watching I don't football. know. How, I don't know how. I mean, I think baseball will be in the toilet. I mean, I think they're trying to speed up the game. Nobody's watching. Look, I mean, this, they got lucky. Look at the, it drops off. Football had an 8.2 rating. The World Series, which was number four for the week, game one had a 3.4. Right. I mean, that's like a major drop-off. And think about this. They didn't even air any of the playoff games on network television. Really? When I was looking to watch the games, I enjoyed playoff baseball, I had to go to Channel 401. What is to that? To find, who knows? Oh. That's where it was. It was on, I think, Fox Sports 1, it's called. 401 that's is where the game to get to the World Series was. Wow. They've only aired the World Series on Fox. That's a dying sport. That is. So, but football is so popular. So I'm going to say no in that 20-year thing because not only are they trying to put two more teams in Los Angeles, they're trying to put games in London, which is why they keep playing games there. Right. Can you imagine being a player or even a water boy <laughs> for um, the London Sissy Nanny? <laughs> and then the next day you have to go to San Diego <laughs> to play that's a 12 hour flight and then you're expected to win wait they'll be in the NFL NFL They're teams talking lo- about it doesn't make any sense they want to do it they want to do it they want to make the sport why because you know it's only an American sport right now they were able to sell out the stadium for the Lions Falcons game they play about two or three times a year there now so they're definitely up to something they're they, up to some nonsense they should have uh, NFL teams play rugby teams that would be fun. See, that would be exciting, right, without <laughs> yeah. their helmets. Yeah, or whatever. Right, exactly. I know. It's much more manlier, you would think. But, uh, I mean, I would think that when they're looking at our teams, they're like, are you kidding? Right. With the shoulder pads? Are you kidding? <laughs> right. Are you guys kidding? Right. you got 300-pound guys. How are we supposed to run over that? <laughs> yeah, so they, I thought they would laugh at it, but they're really trying hard. So I think in 20 years, I mean, you know, I think they're going to be more powerful than ever. Wow. You know, unless they come up with another sport, football is... Is the sport? It might not have been that way, you know, years ago. And but you don't think is soccer is going to keep getting more popular? I don't. Okay. But because I think they had their champs, but it, you know, you bring David Beckham over, it's still not really popular. It's weird. I right. mean, think about when I was a kid, I saw Pele play. <laughs> <laughs> this is eighteen. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Pele. The only reason you know I went to see Pele play <laughs> because he was in this movie with Michael Caine. <laughs> Called Victory with him and Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> so you know I'm at that movie. It's like, now look, now look, Sly, I want to tell you, I want to call you Rocky because that's the only movie I know you from. But I've got Pele barking up the wrong tree. This Pele character is doing nothing. He's the worst actor I've ever seen. Did Pele speak in the film? Yeah, yeah, he oh. had a big part. It was the three of them. It says on the poster, Kane, Stallone, Pele. <laughs> This is a true movie in 1981. <laughs> yeah, I when after that I one. saw him play with the New York Cosmos, yes. you know. <laughs> and uh, I mean, think about it. I, we were into soccer in like the late 70s because Pele was there. Right. And then it just dissolved like all of the soccer does. And think about why can't women's soccer be more popular if it is, you know. I mean, that had a chance. And it still died out. I don't think there's anything going on. There's people. It's the low-scoring games. I keep thinking when I was watching this London game, they're like the score of the Lions Falcons game was like forty-one to thirty-one or some whatever. No, they lost by they won by three points. So it's like, do you know the actual store the score? I thought it was much lower. I thought it was like twenty-two, twenty-one, but that might be wrong. Well, what it, like they score up a lot right. of points. Right, the scores are forty-five, forty-five. They're, they're probably like sitting there like. <laughs> How did that happen? If, if you're in London and you don't know the game, you're like, how the hell did they... If they're thinking it's scored in soccer points, they're like, they must be scoring every 10 seconds. Because if they don't know that, you get six points for a thing I, and then I an extra it. point is a seven. I mean, what a disaster. <laughs> anyway, we're almost out of time. But um, yeah, just uh, the, the, the word series. So then um, Once Upon a Time, Slip is a very popular show and I like it a lot. Now they're doing the Frozen theme. This is where they have fairy tale characters like Snow White and Prince Charming, and they put them in real life. They're already doing Frozen? They're already doing Frozen, which your daughter loves, which, right. by the way, Memo's daughter, who's adorable, sang sure. this amazing version of the song, because every four-year-old worships that movie. So they were taking that into consideration, that Memo's daughter and everyone else's daughter on this planet loves Frozen, so let's go with it, and it's kicking ass. Except... For this week, it got killed by football and the World Series. Wow. So it, it dropped down. But it'll come back up again, and it's amazing. And that, have you seen the show Gotham? I know you're not watching Stowe, but... Sorry. Um, 
I think I'm over it. It's not working for me. Is it's that the, Gotham like Batman? Yeah, it's the beginning of Batman. They're I trying see. to do a, a story thing where Batman starts, but Batman's 12. <laughs> so he's clearly not going to be Batman anytime soon, so it's kind of annoying me. So and, he's being uh, raised by the butler at that yeah, point? Yeah, he's being raised by the butler. I see. Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. So, um, I don't know, but that's uh, that's our story for today. I don't think we have anything else. Did I get to everything today? I don't even have a stack of papers. Do you want to do some more Cristela? No, think about it. Next week, we will go back to what we are doing, which is our um, Mulaney-themed uh, show. I can't get enough of it. Next, next week, Mulaney will be on, and we'll play some more clips that oh, are just horrible and... Because you know why I'm also mad about that show is because Martin Short is on it. Yeah. And he is a comic living legend. Yeah, and we were just talking about Martin ruining. Portrait. Last week on Mulaney, I have the clip. I didn't play it today because the audience can't hear it, unfortunately. So they have him dressed up in an Austin Powers costume. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. He doesn't even say anything with it. He goes, so who's our guest this week? Like, because he plays a talk show host. He doesn't even do anything in the costume. That is a waste. <laughs> Of the brilliance of what is Martin Short. I understand. All right, that's our show for this week. Memo, thank you so much you. for sitting with me. And, Happy to and be And the here. audience, thank you guys so much. You were lovely <laughs> and you answered all the right questions. And I really appreciate it. And we will see you next week when we will have another guest. Who knows who it will be? It's a rotating uh, staff. But we will see you next week on The Spread with Dave Juskow. Mm-hmm.